0: Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo and I am here with James Heathers from Northeastern University for a very special Everything Hurts episode. How are you, James?
1: Uh, I'm adorable. I've, we're, we're, we're finally here. We spent an awful lot of time talking about what are we going to do for our 50th episode? And you wanted to, uh, you wanted to, uh, have a have a variety of uh you had a variety of different things that you wanted to try none of them were good ideas and then i convinced <laughs> you to do this um you originally said it's it's terrible um, no one no one will love us no one will pay attention and that will hurt my feelings and i'm a very special boy and i don't like having my feelings hurt and then we tested out live casting and you immediately became a convert you went this is great i love it I love it. It's so much fun. I like seeing my enormous swollen foreign scone on the internet. This suits me down to the ground. And here we are.
0: Here we are. Hertz 50, baby. We are. We are doing Hertz 50. Um, if you are listening, uh, if you're listening live, uh, make sure you use the Hertz 50 hashtag to get involved with the episode uh, let us know where you're now that's that's not because we're cool that's because we've
1: actually figured out that if you do that we can we can find out what's going on if you do that
0: let us know what's going on Uh, and let us know where you're uh, let us know where you're listening from as well I think that'd be cool to see uh where we're getting some uh, some listeners from, but if you are, um, we're also recording this as a normal podcast episode. So if you're listening to the audio, thinking "What the hell are they talking about?" Uh, we're actually going to post the video of us doing this live episode as well. We'll post the link to the video so uh, you can watch back uh, if you're interested. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll all be there as per normal. I think if you,
1: I think if you did that, you would you would be a sick person. Um, <laughs> because the, the video is instead of the audio of two swollen whitish male heads talking you now have the horrifying accompanying um you know cues to go with it and it's exactly what you'd expect the one thing that will change is normally when there's a gap that's immediately followed by cackling it's because i'm trying to make Dan laugh and make him sound unprofessional and ridiculous and it's really easy most of the time it's going to be a bit trickier
0: Bit trickier now we'll, we'll see how it's we go be
1: harder, it's going to be harder to get away with it but um, I'm, I'm going to endeavour to try I can't promise to be any less annoying than usual um, well, I guess we're just going to see what happens we'll aren't we?
0: We'll, we'll see what happens but speaking of annoying and, and frustrating things you sent me a... L- <laughs> You <laughs> great lead. You sent me a um one of those links when you read it and you you have to double double check thinking, am I reading satire? What, what, what am I actually reading here? And this bit- yeah, until until you realise there's no there's no The
1: Onion for science. <laughs> <It's one laughs> That's one of those serious. Oh, the science Onion. What would the science Onion be called? The Allium.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now someone's going to tell me that exists somewhere. Pro- probably. Uh, right. Now, for for this um, for this link that you sent me, the uh, the title of this um, of this blog post was: Should grad students publish?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should should grad students publish? Um, where was that? Where was that published itself? Daniel, give, give all the nice people something approaching background on this, because every time you have, you have to understand, it, we we have a normal conversation unrelated to the podcast, and occasionally I find things and and I use them to interfere with Daniel's blood pressure because that kind of thing is amusing to me. But this one was simultaneously a. Uh, I have a strong opinion on that coupled with this is going to make a good 20 minutes of podcast (laughs) coupled with can you believe this uh, this is I've never seen anything like this in my life Uh, yeah it interferes with my ability to be immediately angry about it because I find this so confusing
0: (laughs) well this particular article was uh, was posted on the uh, InsideHighRed.com website and um yeah, it, it's we'll we'll post the link to the um uh to, to uh, after the show and in in the, in the show notes, but this was a it was a bit nuts. Do you want to do you want to walk well, us through the whole the whole thing here, James? Sure.
1: So it's about it's about it's about a week ago, um, and uh, I I would say uh, specifically this was confined as a professor of philosophy somewhere. Now, don't be field racist. That's a real thing. I made up. Uh, having been yelled at uh, by a sociologist the other day for doing the mildest joke that's ever come out of my head, um, which is very obviously <laughs> good natured, that's not funny. You, you do see how you're making my point for me. In, in my in my defence, it was an excellent joke. Was um, <laughs> it? Was it on, was it on focus, Twitter? Focus. Focus. Oh shit! It's out there somewhere. Um. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um. The point. Is this is simply that the, the uh, our, our professor of philosophy thinks that graduate students publishing has deleterious effects. Um, there's there's too many about in his opinion. There's too many journal submissions, so it's changing the 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 relationship that people have with the stuff they're putting out. It's leading to more formulaic papers. Um, and it's making things untenable for people with real jobs who are competing with, with other people for space. Aww. That's my sympathy face. You think, <laughs> shit, now, now it doesn't look very it. practiced or actually sympathetic. It's not very fucking sympathetic at all. It it, it lacks sympathy in any realistic capacity.
0: Going in, Dan. Yeah, look, I just didn't understand the argument of this, of this bloke at all. Um, I mean, he, on, on the one hand, you're saying, "Yeah, th- this is going to." Th- there's too many papers being published, and <laughs> let's actually let, let, let's stop grad students from doing it. Like, it's just uh, just doesn't make any uh, <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and this is a great example of just a, another way that these senior types are, are, are gatekeeping and trying to actually control. What's being published? Um, oh man! And using uh, using a position of power to actually go. Yep, we just um we, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, grad students. There should.
1: is a, there is a guy in the Home Depot over at Watertown, or is American? See, Depot, the Home Depot. There's a guy in the Home Depot who who has a restricted because there's so much stuff in the garden department there's a restricted area into which you can or cannot go because you can't have children there and he literally stands there next to the gate selling gates and he's less of a gatekeeper than this motherfucker (laughs) this guy whose job is keeping gates oh I mean this is first of all you put you put people in a position where you go okay I tell tell you I tell you what we'll do I tell you we don't have any money I'll tell you what we'll do we'll get a million junior motherfuckers that we don't need to pay and then we'll run the entire system on the back of those people. Okay, that's a great idea, what we do next. Okay, we'll, we'll tell them that to differentiate themselves, they need to do as much as humanly possible. So they need to begin to externalize their idea and get on social media and talk to people in these special little fucking pedals. But, God forbid they actually take everyone else's advice, and now and now the problem is there's too much, there's too much stuff to assess. So we we have to ban them from
0: having opinions.
1: (laughs) I'll get angry about this more later. I want to know if that ever happened to you.
0: Uh, No, I've never been limited when it comes to actually publishing stuff. If anything, it's the opposite. It's you're not publishing enough, publish more things. Um, Yeah, but
1: I mean, did you ever submit anything to a journal, something you do all the time and you write your special little articles um, and you send them to people? Has anyone ever said, you were grad student, well, when you were a grad student rather than a filthy old man like you are now. Did you ever, did you ever get any of that?
0: Look, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think I've gotten that explicitly, but I've noticed something really, um, really interesting um, in that um, I've got a few uh, search alerts for my particular papers. And I've actually found that I've, what I've done is I've sent a paper to Fancy Pants Journal and I know where the editor, which city the editor is in. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. let's say, you know, within ten hours of submitting the paper, all of a sudden I get a Google of me, obviously from that city. Now the chances of that actually being uh, the editor are uh, 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 quite high, and then quite often I actually get the get 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 a rejection. I mean, I'm not, maybe the paper sucked. But I mean, a lot of it could be. Oh, look, it's entirely possible. It's entirely
1: one of your meta analyses. It's entirely possible he took one look at it and went, "What is this garden (laughs) of rocks and
0: weeds?" But the thing is, is, we we know that. I mean, in an ideal world, papers should be um, examined on their own merits, not on who the researcher is. But well,
1: that's the whole point of blind review. It's the whole point of uh, it's a whole point of signed review. It's 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 interfering with the it's interfering the relationship we have with assessing stuff. This is proposing an additional barrier, which is don't be a person from a place.
0: Yeah, and, and so, look, I, 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 so many times at conferences, I've gotten that vibe. where like, oh, where, where, where are you from? Oh, oh, Europe. Okay, and they're looking for the next person to talk to. Uh, so there there is a lot of that bias going. Sorry, on.
1: why do they they don't share the same herring based humor that I do? Is it more sort of like there's nothing useful you can do for me because you're not from where I wish yeah. to go or yeah. where I'm from? Absol- All right, okay, absolutely. If you've ever done if you've ever done that, uh you should go to the nearest window right now. You should uh, raise the pane until it's at the exact height of your head, and then you should smash your forehead into the window until it breaks, and you learn a valuable lesson. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's Look this is why I, I'm, I'm a reasonably sociable person You've probably observed this In a variety of contexts I can't honestly say I'm shy But I fucking loathe Networking Quote unquote I hate forced interaction and I especially hate people who are... Saying, hey, how, what's going on? How's the decent dollar? How are you? <laughs> We're best friends now. Okay. All right. Finger hands. Finger guns. That's all right. got to go. I fucking hate that vibe. Um, and I can't do it. I want to say something wildly horrible uh, off the first... Uh, for, from from the very first center of the interaction. And that just makes it a whole lot worse. Because that's the, the center of everything that's artificial about it. Oh, I want to... Um, you stick gatekeeping on top of that. And then you... Hey... I'm, I'm looking for you. Can you help me? Oh, no, you're junior. Oh, no, you're European. Bless you. Fuck off. J-
0: junior European. That's the, the worst combo. I, oh, a junior I, European. It sounds like you've, you've only got... A, a, a it bad... sounds like you've
1: only got half of a pair of those bright blue chinos.
0: <laughs> I, I want to uh, suggest a counterpoint. Um, I know that there's a few granting agencies um, who are offering grants for early career researchers and they actually set limits to how many years since your PhD where you can actually apply. Uh, I know the local research council here in Norway has done something similar where you can't actually apply for, for their big early career researcher grant until your two years PhD. And their argument right. was well th- their argument was well we looked at the data um, over the past 10 years and we found that it was minimal like like one or two percent of people who are actually within two years post PhD, who were actually successful? So, in order to actually reduce waste and reduce burden on the reviewers, we're just going to say no. If you if you're within two years, see you later. Um, so, I mean, gatekeeping maybe not, but that in that context, it sort of makes sense. I think. well, in that in that they're also
1: trying to I mean they're giving them enough time in their mind. They're giving you enough time to get established and making sure that the projects are not prospective.
0: Yeah. Now, I think the, do you know what I mean? I think the big difference here is that. You're not competing against everyone, so they're looking for people who are between two to eight post PhD. Yeah, so right. that that pool you're gonna you're gonna get your chance eventually. But when it comes to this journal stuff, like you're always going to be competing against against everyone. So I, I think it's a bit mm. different there in that context.
1: Well, there's yeah, it is. Um, th- look, the vast majority of things that are awarded to people are designed to address a structural issue. So when you have big program grants to get people who are middle-aged to uh, come back to their country of origin and restart, there's a purpose to that. If you've got early career awards, there are early career awards that are based on whatever you've immediately done previously to that. So things that are for immediately post-PhD are things where... You've done as much as possible as it's possible to do in a PhD. The ones that you're talking about are things that are allowed. You're like, oh, you started off with a good idea, you've got to develop a program of research, and now it's something we feel like we can buy into. So they're all they're all focused like that. And if there's a scheme for people who are like two to eight years post PhD, I'm almost certain that there's plenty for people who are there's plenty of there's jobs especially that when you see it and you says you must have your PhD by. So all of these things are allowed to have barriers. It's a career progression thing. Um, But look, I'll throw throw a few extra things into the pot here because that might be fun. Uh, What if you've worked in industry for 15 years and you're a returning post-grad who's 40 and has more experience than the average junior PI? Or what if you're me and you did a master's on something for three and a half years that was really, really, really focused because you had nothing else to do? There's just not one, one designation doth not a grad student make. Or is it maketh? I don't know. Uh, it's the, the, the idea that you're at a certain career stage, so you only know a certain... I know people who are... What if you're an MD who's going back to... Um, who's doing your PhD over long periods of time? I mean, you could be a fucking registrar or something writing about a, a clinical condition that you already treat... And you're col- and you're collecting data to do uh, to do research on it and then they go no you can't publish you're a grad student I think a lot of the original proposal here is specific to philosophy did you know very big philosophy journals have rejection rates that are similar to or even worse than the super high tier allegedly fancy scientific journals I
0: did not know that but philosophy
1: yeah. journal big philosophy journal acceptance rates are fucking low they're really low they're like somewhere between i've seen figures between five and eight percent for some of the top ones i don't know how you judge whether or not something i wonder if it has to be a good uh intellectual fit for the specific people that it's going to because that is insane what well, i wonder if the preprint things ever going to take off in philosophy because i wonder how much stuff is being left on the cutting room floor
0: yeah but i mean at the same time we, we sort of thought you know five years ago that the preprints wouldn't really take off in in sight because it wasn't really happening but look at it now it's, it's going crazy so you can kind of imagine this happening within philosophy but it's i don't know Philos- if any, any people who are listening in philosophy let us know hashtag hurts 50
1: yeah, let us know why you're, such, uh, why you're such sick, weird idiots, <laughs> <laughs> cutting all that stuff out and hurting people's feelings. But no, oh, because we're speaking of which, question from the internet, what does it mean by publishing just publishing papers? Yeah, sorry, um, science, we have to, a tendency to conflate these things yeah absolutely just publishing papers there's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of other stuff you can do I know there's a, in some academic systems there's more of a focus on when are you going to write a book because you need it for your final matriculation or whatever and some people write white papers and some people have uh, conference papers etc etc but we exclusively mean papers because we come from a, uh, a group of people with a very narrow mindset um, and we're both particularly close-minded but especially Dan This happened um, to me. Did I this? This actually, I didn't get to the the fun part of the story. This explicitly happened to me. Um, I wrote a review paper by myself during my PhD, um, which we named this podcast after. And one of the reviews for that paper said, literally, author is a grad student, and this is potentially a problem oh this is a difficult the guy's English wasn't amazing but he essentially said you're a grad student and what I wrote back I took a chance on this when I wrote back and said I cannot answer to the criticism that I'm a <laughs> grad student <laughs> however if you can find I'll do you a deal I'll withdraw the paper if you find any significant factual inaccuracy with anything that I've Did, said
0: you said that you, you legit said that
1: yes Okay, wasn't wrong. There's the other thing, though. Is I mean, it's, it's somewhat disingenuous of me because no reviewer's going to roll up his sleeves. Like, All right, am got to find one and show this little fucker what no, he's no, made. Nothing out like it. beating it's, down that's, a that's, grad student. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing like that's going to happen. He doesn't care that much. It's a Frontiers paper. I mean, uh, I, I feel really terrible when I see uh, some of the stranger research. And so, I mean, Frontiers is a, is journal group. Now, my interactions with frontiers in physiology have uniformly been excellent um i know the editor i know the editor's work i trust the editors most of the people who do the reviewing uh i'm familiar enough with them uh, and then i see the frontiers in psych things occasionally and then it's like frontiers in basket weaving and uh, <laughs> front, fr- frontiers in automotive management and you know because Think- the journal group doesn't give a shit so in, in this particular in this particular occasion um, there was no further difficulty after that I mean you can't take you can't take that shit lying down yeah. especially I spent, I spent fucking ages on this paper um, and that doesn't entitle you to anything but I just at some point in time you know and you're right especially when you're writing a review you know all the things that are available to be reviewed
0: look I, I think as well that um, that reviewer wouldn't would not have had the same concern if you weren't sole authoring that paper that paper was just you so yep. if if old mate you know read this and saw that you was you know some other senior person they probably wouldn't have said that but it's just this idea and look this, this brings me to this um, uh, what, what, what's more common in the biomedical sciences is, is that a lot of journals actually specifically say if you're a grad student um, th- these are more review orientated journals but they say that if you're a grad student uh, you cannot publish in this paper don't even bother submitting the idea oh, being
1: charming right
0: yeah the, the idea being that like how could a grad student possibly get the knowledge together to write a good review paper which, which is ridiculous I mean, maybe, yeah, sure, there's a lot of great students writing shitty review papers, but there's a lot of senior people writing shitty review, review papers as well so it's exactly <laughs> exa- there's, exa-
1: there's a lot of people cynically writing review papers because in, in many respects you have less resource maybe it's not easier, but you have less resources to coordinate. What you really need to be able to do is sit down and find the time to bang the shit out so an awful lot of people do it in terms of I can triangulate something no one ever said before It may be of questionable use to everyone But if I throw all this shit together with all that shit And then pretend I went and looked out for lots and lots and lots of it I can write a paper and lots of people are going to tell me that I'm a clever pedal. And that's all. People do that with meta-analyses as well And it's fucking cynical And most of the stuff is garbage <laughs> Um... No, it's oh, I've I've summed I've summed up all the things that needed summing up. Well, they didn't need summing up in the first place because there's three good ones everyone's read, and there's five shit ones, and you stuck them together according to a criteria you removed from your own internal bodily cavity, and then now there's this shit, and there's something else to read. Thanks very much. It's exactly what everyone wanted—more things to read. Go fuck yourself.
0: Look, yeah, there is a lot of bad analyses out there. Um, yeah, because, there are yeah, particularly because the um the, the there's a lot of e- easy to use software. Um, and I actually said I, I tweeted a few weeks ago, going, uh, you, you know, this is this is the problem. We are getting bad meta analyses because the software's so easy to use." And there's a guy, oh, his name escapes me, who's actually developing a Jamovi, um, <laughs> a Jamovi plugin to to do meta analysis there, and he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> what, what 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 have I done?" But look, th- th- this comes back to this whole idea of like you know th- the whole p-value argument p-values aren't bad in themselves it's how they're applied and exactly the same thing with meta-analysis meta-analysis isn't bad but you can apply it really poorly and when you're actually using the software because it doesn't break on you kind of like it does in R uh, then you think you're doing something right so that's a big difference there
1: sorry I was uh, just uh, emotionally overwhelmed by your impassioned (laughs) defence of meta-analysis
0: look every single time someone comes up with a with a criticism uh, I, I think there's a there's a good counter to that and um, this idea that you can these things can be incredibly biased i think um, but um, that's that's when the, the whole pre-registration of meta-analyses comes into play um, and i'm not quite sure whether there's whether there's uh, re- registered reports for meta analysis. i think that would also be um, that would also be interesting as well
1: um, well what happened to what happened to all right what happened to consort it don't you don't you is there no facility to say how you're going to do a particularly long and involved analytical procedure before you actually start to do it is it not like a clinical trial yeah there, there, in any respect
0: yeah there is um it's there, there's a database called prospero which is yeah run, that's the one yeah prospero so you can actually register but um the problem with prospero not not, not, not the problem but It's very similar in regards to clinicaltrials.gov where the amount of information you have to give is quite minimal. Now, there's Mm. a big difference.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And clinicaltrials.gov is still perfectly capable of showing you when people are outcome switching and generally being dishonest fucks and and, and doing bad clinical research. So, I don't know, maybe that's enough.
0: But Prospero can do the same thing. But, you know, when I first read about registered reports, I'm like, well, what does it do particularly more for clinical research, what does it do that um, um, a, pre-registered or, uh, a pre-registered trial doesn't do? And the, the more I read into it and the more arguments I've heard, I thought it's completely different. Because firstly, you're actually proposing something which is pre-reviewed when it comes to your analysis plans. And your actual analysis plans are much more explicit than we're going to look for a difference. It's going to go, we're going to look for a difference using these methods. So it's, it, there's a world of difference. So if you actually do... A registered report for meta-analysis. I think that would be uh, that would be a big difference.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, there's going to be some people people who are PhD students now all over the world that I, I meet on the internet has so much more energy than me. Can someone who is young and not yet drinking rye whiskey in the middle <laughs> of the night, watching old films and crying into a non biodegradable pillow, can someone like that get the reg rep going for meta-analysis so i don't have to read more shite from dan and his sticky brood of weird churning freaks
0: oh, it's running all... out
1: of energy why are we why are we arguing it but we're not even really arguing but uh, we'd certainly lost focus on um a graduate student so that's a purpose
0: um graduate uh, students you you publish and and you and you go nuts and I think your your approach of, <laughs> okay, find an error and then I'll admit that, yeah, m- maybe I was too junior to do this, I think that should be a, you know, a great yeah, approach. Yeah, tell
1: me it's wrong. Well, that's the other thing, of course. If you send it and then they go, this is a reasonably naive conception of the field, you need to consider papers X, Y, Z. The approach taken in A and B will completely inform section uh, sections 2 through 4 Um, If you go back and redo all of that, then maybe we could argue that this is decent, but uh, you didn't really need to write it in the first place. If you're going to get a response like that, then it's not a matter of you shouldn't have written it as much as, you know, uh, you've, you've got more to learn before someone else determines that it's a useful way of organizing the material. I'm not gonna pretend that's never happened to me. Holy
0: shit. No. <laughs> we we um we have a we have a, a, a listener question uh, over Twitter. It's uh Peder Isaged and uh, he's asked Wait, what? Peder Isaged He's 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 a, a he's a local Norwegian Norwegian listener. What a fucking name.
1: Oh, even a normally spelt name is sounds cool in Norwegian.
0: <laughs> well, he's asked um when do issues with, he's asked uh, when do issues with publishing as a grad student, apply when when a solo author, first author, or anywhere in the author list. That's Look,
1: a fucking great point. Um, I suppose what we're really talking about is anything that's driven by a graduate student. So obviously that applies to sole author, but I think the vast majority of publishing everywhere is something that's written by a junior person where everyone else manages to wet their beak over the time so it's going to be like grad grad et al is probably 80 to 90 percent of a lot of research that grad students are doing um it is nice to be able to uh be included on other papers but in my experience of the social and the life sciences, the vast majority of stuff you're doing is stuff you're driving your, yourself. At least it's stuff that actually matters. Um, but if you know, I don't think anyone's going to go through something that's that written by faculty somewhere and go, The third author is a graduate student and needs to get off the paper or get in the fucking sea. is never going to happen. We're talking about stuff that's grad-driven. Um... One of the... uh, uh, Something I I forgot to mention is I've seen people in a variety of contexts bitching about this. Uh, The fact that because any written thesis needs to contain an introduction, uh, and any given thesis probably needs to be on a new topic, rather than simply (laughs) replicating all some shit that someone else already did, perhaps, maybe. So... If that's the case, you need to write a novel introduction on something and a lot of people want to turn that into a more review paper because it's the format that we have where you publish something and everyone reads it. Um, I've seen an awful lot of people bitching about bad ones of those in a lot of different contexts, uh, especially in the life sciences, actually. like XYZ wrote a review paper about this. Oh, for fuck's sake, why am I reading this again? It isn't good enough and it's always been bitched about from the perspective of they don't have a sufficient command of the material to write a good paper and never from like uh you're young fuck off it's not it's not from i mean that's it's that's a uh it's something that causes the problem you know we're talking about the it's a, the the problem it's a causative factor i mean if you wrote a really good one no one would it maybe no one would even look it up yeah exactly do you do you look up the status of the people who are writing papers that you review never i can't honestly say i've i can't honestly say i've done that um maybe if it's if it's like a work group that i know i i recognize say there's four authors and i recognize two of them and they're from a place and there's a new name you'd assume they're more junior um you would but sometimes i'm super curious because probably because i want to meet the person is i want to know what their work is i want to talk to them but um starting as i I think i've seen so many heterogeneous phd students over such a long period of time i just don't assume that they don't know what they're talking about i've met mature age people i've met people who are younger than me but just like too intelligent to exist um people who people who have an amazing command of stuff six months after they start um you know there's weird people who just exist for what they do so i and i've the other the flip side of that is i've met many professors who in a justifiable world would be forced to walk over a sharpened like a a a sharpened road grating for a storm drain wearing a lead hat (laughs) until they until they were shredded like vietnamese beef there, yeah, so I mean, a lot of these people, I wouldn't let them write directions to the shops on the back of a matchbox.
0: Well, um, <laughs> with that, um, we'll, we're gonna we're, <laughs> that's,
1: that's, you can't accuse me of losing focus. Though. No, no, no focus there. <laughs>
0: um, be, be, before we move on to our um, to our next uh, next session, uh, our next topic. Sorry. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for participating online. Um, if you're listening live, use the Hertz 50 hashtag Uh, people have been doing that to ask questions Uh, and also those
1: were those were good because I mean we have a tendency to ignore all details and not (laughs) be comprehensive because that's more fun frankly
0: and and I've already been corrected Um, the episode's only been going for for 20 minutes and I've already got a correction Um, uh, Daniel Larkins uh, former guest um, has, uh, has, is, is watching and has chimed in and the person I was, I was talking about that had uh, created the uh, meta-analysis uh, module
1: Oh yeah, look, you were wrong No, no, I wasn't uh... wrong, I, I,
0: just, I, I just forgot the name but it's, uh, it's Kyle Hamilton who, who did it and I think he's doing fantastic work actually bringing meta-analysis into Jamovi and um, look, I, I think uh, Jamovi's great in the fact that you can actually make these uh, these modules uh, Daniel's made the, um, the TOSTA module to do his two one-sided um, uh, tests uh, for equivalence mm. testing and that's been great yeah. but, but speaking of Daniel um, it, it's our 50th episode and I just want to give a quick thanks to all our guests that have come on the show so far um, we've had uh, Jason Hoyt uh, Anne Scheel Andy Fields uh, Nick Brown um, we've had Michelle Neutton uh, Daniel Larkins um uh, just said uh, and Robin Cock who, who was our first guest um, is, is that everyone from, from, from memory?
1: Uh, I think so Yes uh, Sorry, if, I'm, sorry if we missed Dan me. Yeah It's really hard When you just I'm not prepared for this You just laundry listed <laughs> Nine people at me All of whom I'm Reasonably well familiar with On a sort of A day to day level So Have I forgotten anyone I don't know Go back and read the list I
0: hope we haven't Why are you asking me um, I don't know I don't know maybe you'll remember but yeah thanks to our guests that have um, I forgot
1: to wear socks the other day with formal shoes maybe I'll remember <laughs> Jesus get on with it
0: if uh, and listeners if you do have any um, any, any suggestions for any um, future um, guests um, send them in as well um, we're always looking for, uh, for ideas of who to um, who to get into the show now uh, the next thing that um, that I want to talk about is a um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> he's giving me he's giving me face now. Now you can see. <laughs> now you can see. Now you can see the evidence. I did that without even thinking. <laughs> okay, let's 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 bring this back. We um. Uh, I saw an interesting tweet come up a few days ago which has been uh, which has been retweeted a ton of times, which was um, done by um, Elko Freed who's um, at Elko
1: uh, 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 uh. now, yeah. I thought this dude's name was Elko for ages and I thought it was awesome, oh, it's Ico. like it's yeah, that's it, Ico. it's exactly that's exactly right I didn't know that was a name either, but I thought it would be like Elko, like Muso or bloody Wolfo I thought it was kind of Pastoral and interesting And then I find out it's iko or eko Which is even more confusing Frankly And oh I noticed something interesting uh, He's the only person I've ever seen
0: Whose surname Is a noun A verb And an adjective There you go I wonder, he, I wonder if he I'm sure he knows that Maybe he doesn't I don't know
1: I don't know Why do I notice things like this? It's the same reason That I, I start Trying to see If there's natural square roots Of numbers in, in uh, When the cars <laughs> drive past well, oh, that's a weird habit. Yeah, anyway, sorry, habits. you
0: were saying. So, Ico has um, he, he put a post out where he's compiled a list of uh, things people regularly expect uh, me as a uh, as a postdoc to know, um, working between both clinical psych and methods. All right, so read it out, read
1: it out, read it out, read it out, read it out is- fast as well.
0: There is, there is 24 things, a good understanding of basic, basic statistics, a good understanding of, of elaborate models like basic SEM, uh, network models, frequentist and Bayesian, at least a basic idea of Bayesian statistics, picking up cool new things such as machine learning and neural networks, knowing R uh, well, um, and knowing JASP well enough to teach students, substantial knowledge in my fields, at least a minimal background in the philosophy of science... Uh, Keeping up with stats developments. Knowing at least one proper programming language like Python. Running a blog to get visibility in order to have a chance to get tenure. Embracing and supporting open science practices. Engaging in debates on social media. Marketing your research on ResearchGate Academia. uh, Psych Archive. Writing tons of papers. um, Being an editor for one or two journals to increase chances for tenure. Reviewing about five papers a month. Uh, teaching, supervising, writing up to four grant applications, uh, applying for positions, traveling a lot, standing out as calm cl- as a calm, collected member of the university, and number twenty-four, math. Those are the twenty-four things. Now, James, your thoughts?
1: Uh, I can do a bit of twenty and fifteen, and a, a two. Yeah no no (laughs) i'm like like basic sem i've never seen you do that yeah there's no reason though i don't need to deploy these things so i become familiar with them when i need to um that is obviously a highly idealized list and it is also from a specific place where all of those things are important um You could take someone who works in the physical sciences or the biological sciences who could do almost none of all that other stuff, but at the same time do insanely sophisticated work, know a great deal, write particularly important papers, etc., 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 and they could be phenomenally successful. So this goes into a very specific academic tradition within the social sciences. Um, It's also, like, wildly unrealistic, because you, what you're saying at the same time is like first of all i'm a reasonably nice human being I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of teaching you're doing a lot of service um and the, it's let's get this out of the way no fucking person no postdoc is reviewing five papers a month really you're reviewing 60 papers a year
0: nah i'm sure you're, and you're an you're editor and you're an editor two journals
1: no, 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 no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, no. Sorry, that's, look, if this is a series of expectations that have all been compiled from sort of different sources about what you may, maybe or maybe not do or don't... <laughs> Uh, yeah cool um, I think an awful lot of PIs would. So I said this on the internet the other day I think an awful lot of PIs would settle for just 20 if you could get them funded yeah <laughs> right three or four major grant applications a year how about here's a good thing for a, a postdoc scratch your ass whenever you want to and get one big grant funded a year
0: that's all you need to do
1: now now put it this way would a lot of PIs take that postdoc for sure if that was absolutely guaranteed you goddamn right they would yeah absolutely So we're like, other stuff hang off in the balance? All all these things that you're supposed to do. So the point of this is probably not here is a guide to success. I'm fairly sure that the point is we we are told that all of these things should be valuable. And in some context, according to someone, this has been considered to be an idealized outcome. It's something that needs to happen. Um, And if you stick it all together, the level of expectation is insane and this is particularly this is uh, an, an extant topic because someone the other day was saying, why can't psychologists understand mathematics properly?
0: Oh, I saw that argument <laughs> was that in the context of uh, someone was talking about are how...
1: psychologists <laughs> I've met an awful lot of pure mathematicians, I can tell you what they know about psychology <laughs>
0: I think was in the context of um, I saw someone who was um, writing a paper and they had they had the temerity to add an equation in the paper, and the editor the editor was like you have to you have to you have to tone it back a bit <laughs> you have to yeah you an, an you equation can, an equation you have you have to chill have out to, chill out mate you have to take this out and uh, I'm not sure what Is that a bloody there.
1: sigma we don't sigma here chief yeah <laughs> to fuck
0: yeah what you you have have to, sigma. You have to write out alpha rather than actually using the uh, alpha signal the, the symbol. <laughs> it's much less scary. Much less scary than doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, that's just that's just goofy. Um, Nick told this story. Uh, Nick Brown, uh, what's his thing? It's steam train on Twitter. I don't know how the fuck to spell it. <laughs> um, he told this story. We were, were. This is a, a, a good example of psych sort of numbers fear. Uh, when we published the the grim test Uh, after all the work was uh, after all the work was done and it's all stuck together and we had an explanation of it we were so struck by how simple what we'd done was that we honestly thought there was a realistic chance of someone going this is mathematically naive this isn't interesting because it's so mind-numbingly simple because we'd never we'd never claimed that we were we were engaging with the riemann hypothesis it was a very simple observation designed to do a specific task that had a specific use but we thought we were going to get lit up for doing something that was way too simple for words instead they wrote back and said would you consider redacting that thing where you go the thing has a relationship to n times d to the power of fucking something else because i don't know if we i think that needs more explanation (laughs) 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 there's no more explanation to give we're managing to get it down to two or three symbols so part of it if as a, a matter of uh, if there's a matter of editors telling people Redact your mathematics in the social sciences We don't want to know I think part of that is them just simply thinking about their audience mm. um, I don't think they have a normative expectation That people wouldn't understand it necessarily But more the fact that you're trying. Your job as an editor is to try to make things work. If you've ever written anything for money And dealt with editors They have a very different perspective to you you have to write things and say some shit they have to sell it so that is part of the basket of tasks that comes with making shit as accessible as possible you know this isn't a, a journal of insane upside down underwater combinatorics it's a journal of psychological whatever mm. they're just they're just playing to their crowd well
0: bringing it back to um to to ico's um ico's tweet look i think all those things are all those things would, would definitely be an expectation, but I'm, I'm not quite sure you know, wh- whether there would be any... Uh, I'm not seeing many job applications which actually highlight a lot of these things. Um, there's
1: no chance whatsoever that a job application could highlight even half of it, yeah. um, especially considering that a, a lot of it is an implied type. Tar- no job application gives a shit how many papers you review. That's why there's a, a small but concerningly growing perspective of fuck peer review i don't think i want to do it no more um you know how many how many
0: are you reviewing these days
1: um i have three i have three overdue (laughs) (laughs) um i did i've done two within the last week um and i have a request for what will be a fourth pending Mm. so that many yeah but well, I guess it's a busy time for submission and assessment. But all of these things are—they come from a variety of areas. They're all sent to me because they want the bio scrutinized heavily with a with a blackjack and a you know and a set of brass knuckles. They want to know whether or not these people have shit the bed. So they're from four completely different intellectual traditions. I actually changed my publons my Publons uh, profile photo to, to one of uh, me wearing a tiara in a kitchen at my birthday party because I thought that <laughs> if, I looked, if I looked more unusual, that and I'm not sober. Um, I thought if I looked, I looked more unusual, I would be less likely to get review requests and then I wouldn't have to fulfill the, the ICO criteria's. You know that people that, would, um, would take it easy on me, so I'm going to put it on the hashtag link. I can't say I'm particularly proud of this. I look bloated and sweaty, and I'm wearing a tiara because that is how I roll.
0: Maybe and they're using it that. It has um, done.
1: It has done the opposite. I don't know why. I probably should have cropped the photo so the tiara was more visible. <laughs> what can you do, man? What, what can, you can you do? do? Um, Every time you turn around, someone's trying to, someone's trying to do something useful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe I, I saw that um this this website that I've never come across before um called uh, Jane I think I don't know the name of the full website. Where you I sent
1: that to you. You sent it to me, and it was amazing. Yeah, you're, you... you're giving you're giving away a a, a a closely held secret of um Editors people who and... publish a great deal and have to handle a great deal of publications. Yeah.
0: This this website fantastic. You basically type in your uh, journal, your paper keywords, or your paper title, and it'll find you the most appropriate journal or the most appropriate venue for your work. Um, and on the flip side, you can also search it's for tight. you can search uh, for specific authors. So if you if you're an editor and you get a paper paper title or keywords, and then it'll pop up all like a list of the editors and how relevant they are um, to what you're doing, and then you can um, then then you can fire away. Um, yeah I, I think it's amazing um it's uh, I, I don't know why i haven't heard of it before but it's great
1: okay yeah well it's uh you, you're losing focus again and it shouldn't always be me i want to i want to test you on the 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 the, the, the dirty two dozen <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit me <laughs> up ah, okay good understanding of basic statistics
0: Uh, getting there <laughs> better better than okay. it was
1: do i give you a half point or something uh,
0: yeah, let's let's okay. go yes.
1: Let's go yes with basics. Okay, we'll, we'll give you we'll give you all right. I'll give you a point for that. Just say yes or no. Okay, okay. good understanding of elaborate models. Uh, SEM no. fancy SEMIRT. No. Uh, network models for and Bayesian. No. no. Uh, at least a basic idea of Bayesian statistics. Basic. Yes. Okay, picking up uh, m- uh, machine learning neural nets quickly. Nope. Not at all. Uh, knowing R well. Mm. Using M plus for things R can't do. No. Nah. Oh, okay. Uh, Substantial knowledge in my fields.
0: I'd like to think so, but
1: (laughs) Um, I will. I will go out on a limb and give you that one. Um, uh, Having as the minimal background in philosophy, science. No. No. Keeping up with stats development. Yep. Okay. Uh, Knowing at least one proper programming language. No. No uh run a blog visibility to order to get chance to get tenure Uh, Uh, i think you do enough i think you do enough the next one's embrace and support open science practices so i'll give you that one too engage in debates on social media (laughs) tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong yep you can have that one market your research or you do a lot of that you whore uh write tons of papers collaborate set up projects yeah you do that be an editor for one to two journals no you don't yeah
0: slow down slow down i'm, I'm a one i'm associate for, yeah. for for two that doesn't count okay all
1: right it counts fine okay review five papers a month no teaching no, no. supervised students yes. yes right three to four major grant applications a year no no uh apply for positions you're not really applying for anything right now no. i think you like it where you are because it's awesome it's fast it um travel a lot organize give talks at conferences move every mm. two years to another country you might get a half point on that
0: yeah
1: okay stand out as a calm collected member of the university be helpful and unstressed have an open ear for students problems or workers absolutely not I will give you about minus four for that <laughs> minus four so uh eleven
0: wow I failed I failed
1: yeah. Now, obviously, this is specific to, like I said, this is specific to a, a research area within a tradition of social science or something, something. Um, but even so, that is a that is a lot of. You, you can you can see sometimes, when you see a list like this, or so at the, the the kind of the, the bracket creep within expectations of what you're supposed to do, because you are perpetually expect uh, potentially expected to compare yourself to people who are lucky or fortunate now I know people who are lucky or fortunate and the only problem i have with it is when they don't recognize that they're lucky or fortunate i know people who got fantastic mentors who have shoehorned them through all sorts of shit that they needed various sorts of problems made sure they got money made sure they continue to get money introduced them to the right people rolled them into projects where they could make an actual kind of difference kept them afloat listened when they had problems essentially dragged them through by the year um very good strategy from a purely selfish perspective for the simple reason that eventually they end up being your colleagues and you end up working together. You know? So I often wonder why the, the whole the whole sort of burn it to the ground hyper competitive aspect of all this bullshit is obviously less productive than the, the collegial one. Mm. But whatever. Um you don't know when you start any degree whether or not that's gonna happen to you. You don't know what you're gonna find. Uh, you have no control over the direction that uh, the, the research happens in the laboratory that you work in and if any of this stuff goes right uh, if you're in a lab and then suddenly they go oh we're going to change we're going to work on this different candidate gene holy shit it actually starts to work or you just happen to work with uh, exomes or something and the whole area starts to heat up And before it wasn't particularly fancy or interesting. But, you know, you sort of read the tea leaves, but you also sort of got lucky. And somehow the relationship between how we interface with scientific questions and what's available to being asked suddenly means that you're in the fucking hot seat. Um, And what what you're interested in becomes really interesting to lots of other people because you have the right interface to answer or ask questions with. Mm. Now, all of this shit happens all the time at a a kind of a a meta level and the people who get caught up in the right pieces of it who end up getting nature papers because they had to be in the right place or because some result worked really well or because their boss got a structural grant for $5 million and they had three years to work on a project and so on and so on and so on there's an awful lot of stuff where everything goes really well you can't control that shit now if you're trying to pull yourself up by your bootstraps to the place where you're competing with people who were well taken care of where everything get, went, went right uh, I don't know what your fucking systolic is going to be when you're done trying to do all that mm. um, there's an awful lot of places where people's expectations for themselves can be wildly out of proportion with what can be done um, or really, what should be done? You can't go back and change. You, you you can't go back and go. Oh, I really wish I'd spent the last ten years getting a deeper background on X, Y, Z because I really need it now. Well, you didn't know that ten years ago. For fuck's sake, it was ten years ago. You know. Mm. What do you what do what you what are you what are you supposed to do? You can't you can't you can't go back and do it over to make sure you're in a better position now. Well, um,
0: a, lot, a lot of this stuff you, is just. Yeah, I mean, a lot. A lot of this stuff is just blind luck. Um, I advertised a PhD position uh, a few months ago and had a, a number of, at least ten people that would have been would have been perfect for the position. Um, yet one of them. It's a lot just, of people. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people. Um, yet one of them just just happened to have the right combination of stuff for my particular project. Now, there's no way that um, that they could have envisaged. You could
1: have. You could have planned for that, right?
0: And. This person just happened to do all these things and happened to be the best fit. Now, these other ten people would have done a good job, but this person happened to be a better fit. So, there's so many things you can potentially do, but then like it's just a flip of the coin. The position comes up, and it's like, gee, this fits me perfectly, and there's just nothing much yep. you can do.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, but also for for them as well, they've got a background that allows them to have a good interface with the problem that you're offering t- for them to work on so if you if that not occurred and you had to get someone else then maybe they'd have less of a possibility to maybe you'd have less of a possibility to engage with the task itself or maybe they'd want to pull it in a different direction yeah it's really hard to it's really hard to get around the uncontrollable nature of a lot of that and I think this sort of academic keeping up with the Joneses blister shit all of which is realistic to some degree for some people is and i've I've seen things like it before like oh you 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 always see the like inside higher ed or the chronicle or something like that and you go why isn't everyone in x position doing why you're (laughs) you're leaving money on the table you filthy little poor people it's sort of it there's a, a series of competing expectations and they continue to get added to as we get more outlets for publication and more tools and more analytical frameworks and more papers and more areas and more shit. Mm. And at some point in time, you just have to ban. watch old episodes are lost in your underpants.
0: And just ban, ban grad students from publishing, and then, then it'll, it'll all be fixed.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be really straightforward. Look, I think an awful lot of an awful lot of people uh an awful lot of uh pi's especially would settle for just 15 and maybe a few grants yeah you know just make a just make a research record don't necessarily know everything if you're going to have a focus on something i know it's all hypothetical but um some people just some, I know people who've done very well by just writing whatever's available to be written at any given point in time it doesn't make the work good it just means that there's a lot of it so this is the problem you've got fewer resources and more metrics you end up with this fucking game playing
0: yeah even if you change yeah. the rules, people, people will just um, a, at the moment the game is published as much as, much as possible um, and doesn't matter really as much with the quality and what you're getting is um, just these these, you know bloated journals and people publishing crap yeah. um but the- but uh,
1: if but if that's the state of affairs grad students sh- student should definitely not participate because it's technically their fault so yeah. they're the ones who should be uh, they're the ones who should be technically removed from this uh kind of uh rush rush to establish a profile i suppose yeah because it's their fault you know young young people these are mill- millennial scientists are ruining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see the list recently of all the stuff that millennials are ruining? <laughs> uh,
0: what, what are they ruining now?
1: Uh, the other day they were ruining hooters, and that was funny as shit. <laughs> millennials are ruining hooters, and all anyone can think of is good. Yeah. <laughs> what do do you really feel like today James oh uh, I I need casual sexes and plastic and chicken wings well have I got the fucking casual restaurant dining option for you (laughs) come on come on it's not it's not 1970 just fucking just die already Hooters if you're listening I'm pretty sure that corporate Hooters management is listening to it it's essentially a methodological science podcast but if you are listening please go out of business Please make your parent company cry, um, and then send everyone who works there to grad school because apparently there's no problem with that. Not at all. Shit. That was well, good. This is this was I think this as a piece of stimulus material. Um. Yeah. Uh, as a piece of sti- this is obviously written with some kind of uh, satirical intent. You know, this is like a, you, you're. Oh, so these expectations are perfectly reasonable. But as a piece of stimulus material, it was like if there's a response that comes at the end of that it might be or if you don't know any maths the response might be please just tone it the fuck down will you please we're doing our best out here mm.
0: <laughs> well we're gonna we're gonna move on to our uh, to our next uh, section but um, we've had um, we've had some more more response online um, uh, I've had uh, people now really promoting your um your way of actually changing your profile pic to something you know, like what you've been doing on Publons to stop people from inviting you to review papers and so maybe you're actually going to start so, a new trend
1: yeah so you look like a uh look like a an a sweaty unreliable psychopath and um maybe people won't look at your research record and will just um we'll just uh go based on your scone <laughs>
0: Well, keep uh keep sending in your comments over Twitter using the Hertz fifty hashtag. And if you uh, if you want to give uh it, it is our fiftieth birthday, and if you want to give us a little present, um you, you can do a few things. Uh you can um you can write us a review on um on, on iTunes. Um we um add to the stuff that we have there. Um if you, if you don't even use iTunes, then um you can uh, write stuff on Twitter on Facebook. Um, just add links to the show, add links to your favourite episodes, and uh, tell your friends why you actually like the show. Um, that's uh, that'll, that'll warm James's heart if he sees those things uh, online. So uh, get it, get it, get amongst it and uh, write about that stuff.
1: Yeah, warm my heart. <laughs> it's still summer here, man. It still feels like summer. It's Alston Christmas today. People who are not from Boston will not be familiar with Alston Christmas. Um, three quarters of the suburb moves on the same day because of the way the leases are organized so uh awful lot of students moving in an awful lot of students moving out from my window here i can see three separate moving trucks and i can only see one small block of a street going that way and about 20 meters going that way so it's called Alston Christmas because every, all the stuff that people are oh I can't take my table back to Indiana they just leave it on the pavement. Um, all the stuff is rubbish and it's usually all kicked to death. And there's also of course lots of rubbish. So the suburb basically explodes for the day. And uh, it's um it's way better being being inside than um it's way better being inside than than, than anywhere else. Also um, the weather's been disgusting recently. I uh yeah. I'd uh I'd trade it for some Norways right now.
0: Yeah, pretty pretty nice here. Getting a bit cool though, but it's uh not too shabby. Well, for our for our next uh, section, we we are going to talk about something. I'm kind of surprised we haven't spoken about this before. Maybe it's come up. Oh, I'm not because I've
1: been I've been I've been had absolutely no sort of um I I I've I've committed to making no written contribution (laughs) to this. Um, we, because i'm I'm desperately bored of it as a, a reflective topic to write about but we, this is this on the other hand especially considering it's uh especially considering it's the big 5o the big 5o we're gonna do it it is time what are we to, doing
0: it is time to talk about tone the old uh the old tone the old tone debate yeah yeah okay do you, want, do you want to give so, us a, a quick background for people that aren't familiar with uh, what's been happening with the older tone
1: yeah yeah okay so um all right so the modern standard is 440 hertz right that's that's an a and there's this whole conspiracy theory about uh tuning a to 432 hertz because it's allegedly better for you and some of the background of this is insane. Uh, it's it, it, Goebbels is involved. Um, it's like a it's it, we, that we're deliberately avoiding tuning uh, the modern A to 432 because it was too relaxing, and people are actually mad enough to think that that this is 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 something was a deliberate decision made to unsettle people at some point in time and it goes all the way back to sort of the 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 17th and 18th centuries over oh oh, but uh Bach did this or uh, Stravinsky did that and it's is this
0: funny yet (laughs) when's he gonna bring it back (laughs) when is he gonna bring it back
1: I just watching. I was just watching you get more and more confused. I was
0: just so confused. <laughs> I was. I was waiting for the for the big switch. The the big the big reveal. The big like oh. <laughs>
1: I'm oh, sorry, I just can't take it seriously. Oh, I've gone the colour of your shirt. You have. I'm on a. I'm on a chair. I can't laugh much because I'm on a, an, an upright chair to to mm. get the thing in which makes it very difficult to laugh properly. And I find that if it happens, I end up occluding my um, <laughs> occluding my chest, and then uh, normally I convolves laughing because obviously looking at your head is very funny. Um, now, now, <sighs> the, what's what's been happening with the tone debate? Um, i don't know specific i don't know specifically what's been happening this is an, an ongoing it's an ongoing discussion between not even really defined groups of people, but basically there is a tension between traditional academic discourse, which is very formal and measured, and words have a kind of a socially agreed upon center that allows us to say things proportionally uh, especially when we're dishing out criticism. There's a a no, you can't just write, if someone turns you a terrible paper to review, you can't just write lol no, as much as you might be tempted and two things happen that mean this is now continuously discussed. First of all we make the move from written media and the format of he said, she said but it takes six weeks to get a fucking response to anything (laughs) where people are communicating in a formal written format Uh, even if they're talking about should something be published or not it takes a while it's a formal communication where you're writing a set piece of something or something else that's switching to a conversation and the conversation is occurring on the internet and it's occurring more or less straight away Um, and to add to that we have fractious discussions to have about whether or not science is fucked So there are people who are defenders of a status quo that everyone feels is totally unsustainable, that has made a series of very poor structural decisions about how we do work in order to establish propositional knowledge. And arguments about something like that go really deep. People end up with personal identifications that are... Related to what they do with their lives They feel like they're intimately connected To the act of discovering meaning in the first place um, And then of course you have people who think Everything's just fucking fine, thanks very much Everything in science is amazing Because they've obviously done well at it So that means that it's fair and just Because they're fantastic people um, I have very, very little sympathy for that point in time, If the sarcasm wasn't obvious So what we end up now is with a continuous discussion about how criticism and discourse should take place mm. and whether or not the language used is appropriate or whether it's being unnecessarily rude or flippant or exclusionary or difficult or if it smells like fish on a hot day or fucking whatever else. How yeah. was that?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good summary. And uh, it is really the old school versus the new school, and this um, th- this idea that if there's anything wrong in science, the, the the best way to address it is going the old school route and actually writing a letter to the editor, um, which uh, we've had some pretty good experience ourselves doing that. Um, but you just hear stories, and, and but you've also experienced yourself of um, of get, getting knocked backs or. Um, did your letter actually? There the was one that you were writing a while ago. Did it actually end up getting published, or what was the? Which one? Uh, I think it was on. Um, Going to have
1: to be a lot more specific. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, that was the one on vagal tone. Or have you Narrow written a few down, Dan. Have you Why written a few you? papers in? Va- yeah, because
1: people getting people getting uh, cardiovascular physiology wrong in social science papers is something I've never noticed before. Ne- um, ne- never happens. No, it's extremely uncommon. Um, fuck. <laughs> uh, are you talking about the one that went to Psych Science? Yeah, that was yeah, a year that, or two ago. That, that's yeah, that one. wasn't but... that wasn't a letter. That was a whole paper uh, to discussing how another paper wasn't any good.
0: Mm. And that that was that was a pretty drawn out process for you, wasn't it? Oh shit, yeah. But look, something like that always is.
1: Um, you can't confuse the ability... Like publishing publishing direct criticism in a journal is. To a lot of people, violates the social contract of don't fucking argue with me publicly because it makes me look bad. Now that is that is a ridiculous social contract, but a lot of people very obviously implicitly believe it. You can have dueling papers where you argue about stuff. You know, I have a different. Theory, but this is this is generative. Like I write, um, I write a paper about my theory. You write a paper about your theory, and we have sort of this like friendly enemies sort of thing going on where we have dueling bodies of evidence. But when someone does a shit paper and you write to the journal to go, that's a shit paper. People treat that completely differently. to I'm proposing an alternate. I'm al- proposing an alternate body of knowledge. Mm. I'm mm. proposing alternate observations, rather than your observations are a sack of fuck. Now. The second is obviously a lot faster, but it's also obviously a lot more absolute. It's very difficult to establish knowledge from the experimental observations the vast majority of the time. But it's very easy to tell. When someone's done something that's methodologically ridiculous, a lot of the time it's reasonably easy to pry that out, and it's fairly quick. Um, people don't like hearing that, and journals are reticent to publish it a lot of the time because it's fractious. Um, you obviously they get into the immediate competing argument Of should science be fractious Obviously I'm very much on the side of yes You Can't hardly tell why um, into, into this environment We have a broader conversation mm. um, Now I'm not I, I see a lot of these Discussions and i wonder how many of them are influenced by the format that people are talking in it all it almost always happens when i always need to start talking about the role of humor and what something supposedly trying to be funny actually is what well, I think that would make a desperately boring podcast. So um <laughs> I'll confine myself to the following observation and here it is. A lot of you would make shit politicians and if you don't figure out your interface with something like this, um, it's going to this is gonna be some aeroborous shit right here. And the snake will end up consuming itself. This is not something to spend you, know, you, you you i mean i can't throw my hands open and go well, everyone should treat everyone else nicely and we end up with a fucking disagreement about what nice is what i'm saying <laughs> is is that there is a focus now where everyone wants everyone wants whatever's in front of them to be curated exactly the way they feel it should be they think that other people's boundaries should be their boundaries they think that the appropriate limits of language are at a certain Level, depending on the topic and what they're actually talking about, and how they see things being funny changes wildly between people. And a lot of the time, they're not content to agree with other people on the basis of. I think, I think some process-based shit should be done like this. Well, I think some process sh- shit should be done in exactly the same way. We have we have an agreement. Most of these things, I mean, uh, science is trying to start. Within itself, right now, a broad social movement about how to how to change the way that observations are structured, how they how they work from the guts out. This is um, open data and registered reports and new journal formats. I saw something about a month ago. So there's a whole thing. It's on it's on GitHub. You can have a whole. You can start your own journal using yeah, open source I saw, I saw software. This. We could we could literally make the journal of James the Arsole and Dan the fucking herring muncher, and it would be it would it could be established in probably a few days. Obviously, we won't do that because we're not insane. The last <laughs> thing we need is more work. But this collective environment is designed to change a great deal of shit. Yeah, mm. and there's a lot of resistance from a lot of different formats, it's seen differently by a lot of different fields, and something people continually overlook is this is going to be huge whatever you end up with is going to be one seriously uneasy coalition you've got some central things that you agree on and I have a tendency I've got to admit this, I have a tendency whenever this starts happening in the first instance, I switch the fuck off and I think for most people especially most people who grew up in a place where Australian humour um, especially when I grew up is really not it's not known for its sensitivity
0: no so
1: my <laughs> my my boundaries it's written flow. in their
0: constitution you, you, you can call politicians whatever you want
1: oh you can say it Dan you can say <laughs> it because it's legal in Australia now
0: it's it's it's, it's legal um yeah look and that's the thing like <laughs> no
1: one knows what you're referring to and you're too polite to say it <laughs> well, this um... was an actual legal case in australia the other day is this what you're referring to I'm, you re- you're I'm referring, referring to? to the
0: high to the high court legal case
1: okay so you are you are uh, are you allowed to Are you allowed to read out a headline? If I find you, uh... (laughs) Uh,
0: look, I'll I'll, I'll cut you off there. So, so basically, it's no fun (laughs) me saying it. There was a, um, (sighs) there was, um, there there was a bloke. There was was basically a hard court case, and this uh, is he a political activist? Who who is this bloke? Uh, He's a mad
1: guy with a sign who walks around.
0: Yeah, he he walks around with a sign saying that. one of our um, one of our um, ex prime ministers who still is a minister for some reason, uh, is, is the C is he word. In a,
1: is he in a, a cabinet? He,
0: he's, no, he's just a backbencher. As far as I know, and it, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, so now it's the, the, according to the High Court, you, you can call politicians whatever you want, and you are protected um by the by the Constitution of Australia. <laughs> so all that to say, um, both of us are, are quite thick-skinned. Um, I remember once I, I got some pretty pretty harsh, um, h- harsh public criticism, and people were like, "Oh, you're you, you right that, that that was that was crazy." And I'm like, that's, that, "That's nothing compared to the sort of stuff that we would get normally." Um, so yeah, what I, I think, do you I mean,
1: mean we'd get normally? I mean you had to actually work in the same physical location as me, and, and people wonder why you're
0: able to. Put up with people asking me all the me time. Me talking to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that,
0: that, that, that's their first question, James.
1: <laughs> no lies. This is on the public record. <laughs> oh oh wow! Well, I'm sorry about the siren. You can probably hear the hell out of that. Yeah, uh, people are moving in for the first day, and they're setting off their fire alarms because they're 19-year-old fucking idiots. And uh, you know, what does this do? I'll poke it with burning cigarette. Oh it went beep. So the whole the, the shit is going is blowing up out of there.
0: Let's um let, let's let's bring it back to um to tone now. I'm thinking is a lot of this just the fact that where people are now starting to subvert the traditional um journal process, not necessarily how things are said, but the fact that things are being said in the first place. So quite typically, someone would say something in a journal, someone would write a letter, you'd have an argument, <laughs> and then hopefully you'd find some res- resolution in the end. But you know, the always, almost always, the original author gets the last word. Whereas now you have a situation where you have people that can actually post comments directly. They can post blogs, um, and you almost get the feeling that people aren't really disagreeing with what, with, with the with the tone or with with what's being said, but the fact that people can actually go around this and things can be criticised. I saw a lot of people, um, about about a week ago, um, Neuroskeptic was was doing some screenshots of some pretty gnarly comments on um i think it was pubmed commons where people were posting anonymously and and the the offense that the author of the 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 fact that someone was actually posting someone anonymously they were like i I can't i can't take anything you're saying seriously like they're basically like like reveal yourself or identify yourself this this, this is crazy you you can't criticize my paper like your opinions mean nothing because you're anonymous um and that was like a reviewer yeah, I know. I, I mean, know.
1: What were the actual? What was? What was the substance of the criticisms? So it's all entirely irrelevant. right? what? What did they? What was the, in
0: them? The, the criticism seemed legit. It was basically, you know, it, I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> uh, speaking of frontiers, I think it was a frontiers paper where they were looking at potential treatments for some resp- respiratory diseases from living in a moldy house, um, and apparently, this this treating it, that.
1: You can get respiratory problems from living in a moldy house, surely. Yeah, but okay.
0: it, 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 it it was treatments for this, and look, the, the the criticisms were were basically saying that um you you had no control whatsoever, um and your you had like an N of four, so you should really tone down your claims. And this is written anonymously, and the the, the author took a great umbrage that the fact that they were anonymous. We'll, we'll post a picture to it. We'll find it, um and then. And then the editor of the person who actually edited the paper also jumped in, defending the author as well, going, yes, identify yourself um, if you're going to make these criticisms. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's um, that, that's almost the situation these days where if something sort of happens outside this traditional form of, of, of doing this. Um, now, the fact that it was a frontiers paper meant that if this person actually wanted to publish a criticism, they would have to pony up the money to do it. Whereas now you have these you have these opportunities <laughs> and these and these ways no. and it, this has happened a lot of times where there, there are other journals that are open access which is fantastic someone writes something which is um, wrong or you know a bit over the mark and people are like you know they're, they're writing blog posts going specifically I wanted to write a response but it, it would have cost me a thousand us to write an a4 piece of paper mm-hmm. so this is my blog and then the author comes back going they had they, they wrote a blog it's a blog so it can't be taken seriously look at what they said look at the criticisms and so you have this whole you have this whole this whole argument and um look blogs are fantastic if you want to actually um you know work through work through these papers and i know a lot of people now are actually um d- with their journal clubs they're they, 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 they're actually writing down stuff that was said during the journal clubs and uh and posting the, the minutes from their journal clubs um, on uh, PubMed Commons as, as a way of actually looking through papers. And that, that that's a fantastic approach.
1: Yeah, that is... A, I like a good online journal club. But um, they, I, look... I think I, maybe I, maybe maybe there's more than... Maybe there's... Well, I think the, the, the this discussion of how this shit should happen changes a lot between formats as well. Um, and you're talking specifically about how to handle the exact interface between this is a journal article and this is not. Uh. Um, but this debate goes more broadly into people talking shit about science on the internet um
0: but do you really do you really think it's a it's a a, a, a humor thing
1: um well if people are trying to if people are trying to be funny um then yeah it can be um it's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure how to fully articulate it. But the problem is, cause I'm not going to. I've convinced myself that it's a terrible idea to start writing about it. I'm going to do that. No one will fucking read it. Um, it's uh, all I can. Uh, I've just persistently struck by. I don't. I don't want everyone to get along. Uh, that would be seriously dangerous. Um, we wouldn't get. It. We wouldn't get anywhere. I would. I would like. I would like people to be aware at all times that there is a reason that they're arguing in the first place. And a lot of the time, the, the, the reason is not something that you should put aside in service of talking about how the dis- discussion should be structured. Yeah. I am saying don't tell people not to be a dick. Well, there's no point having a discussion about language But when you have one And it's fucking bigger than the original thing That it was talking about You very obviously have a mismatch Between focus and application
0: um, And I think
1: there's an awful lot of people Like me uh, Who uh, are aware of all this stuff And who've seen it and, uh, At some point in time It's also me collectively If you want to alienate the fuck out of people Bore them yeah. <laughs> That's it not, Don't you, it's it's very easy to it's very easy to get people to pay no attention whatsoever to to what's going on. And you think about this collectively. Now, it's not contradict them. It's not crawl right up their ass. It's 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 bore the shit out of people.
0: I think a lot of people and just have
1: maybe there's nothing people can do without on an individual level. But when you think about it, how it all fits together. Yeah, why does why does anyone stop engaging with something with a set of ideas? it's because suddenly they're not excited about it anymore, a lot of the time that doesn't really happen. I I know people who are super excited about gardening, who've got gardening t-shirts and gardening stickers on their car. Those ideas can be hella persistent if something has emotional resonance with people. Mm. The easiest way to make them stop is to bore them. Mm. I don't know if I've got any more thoughts past that. I might just put my hat on and sit here and... As, wait,
0: wait for someone to take great umbrage with what I've said. As you, as you put your incredible hat on, um, we, we have it. We have another correction to make. Um, thanks, thanks to thanks to Daniel Larkins, who is Larkins on uh, on Twitter. He, he's um, he's tweeted in to say that um, writing a commentary in Frontiers is actually free. So I didn't realize that. So there you go. If someone has written something in Frontiers and you would like to do a commentary, uh, it is it is free to to do that. Did you know that, James? Really? Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. I think that that may well have changed at some point in time. No, it it seems um, it
0: seems to be happening. Uh, yeah, I no, think I a, a remember one that
1: they used to like you couldn't take a piss near a frontiers journal without them <laughs> wanting eight hundred euros. Now it's now, is, now that it's a, is that a change in policy? This hat is extremely uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, it, it must be because I, I've I literally I think a few years ago um I, someone told me this exact, this exact story that they wanted to write something but they just couldn't afford it um but uh, but yeah now it seems to have changed so. Good on your, good on your frontiers for, for changing that.
1: Yeah, that helps. Or well, you could, something you can't say very often. Good on your frontiers, <laughs> as much as what the hell are you people doing? Um, yeah, the I think benefits a lot of this is getting to a marketplace first, huh? Holy shit.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of this just comes to the initial shock that someone has said something about your paper and it's public. That is what gets a lot of people. And uh, just like this example that we're speaking of with the, with the anonymous the anonymous, uh, uh, anonymous commenter. Um, it just seemed that the fact that they actually, you know, wrote something about their paper, um, they were instantly on the defensive, um, and that's that's not, not not a good look. And I, I think one
1: yeah, it's not
0: one thing that I, you always notice, um, and one thing that I tell um, the younger students when they're presenting is that if, if someone um, if someone criticizes your your work publicly in a presentation, like don't don't go on the on the defensive, um, e- even if uh, even if you're right and they're in the wrong, it's um, hmm. it, it, of course you you want to correct if something wrong has been said. But uh, once you start actually acting on the on the defensive, um, <laughs> regardless, it, it just it's not it's not a good look.
1: Yeah, um, good people. Good people. I, I used to be flummoxed that people I knew who were good researchers could be involved in shit research. And then you see when you as a you you do more science over time and you start getting rolled into projects where you have no control, or you have a sort of a vague association, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And but you end up being on the paper anyway and you can't say, redact me from the work I did because I didn't like the how you designed it eighteen months ago before I met you. Uh it's it you end up with a, a difficult sort of you know, because part of this stuff is a sort of coalition building kind of environment, right, Where you're trying to help people out and maybe getting involved with a paper makes them do better shit in future. Um mm. You can't How do I how do I put this? Um. Basically, good good people end up by circumstance or design on bad shit, and there's it, rotten researchers who've stumbled across great observations, mm. or who have gotten lucky, and you need to learn to divorce people's opinion of your work from their opinion of you. Um. So any like persistent persistent criticism over time is a heavy duty engagement with what you're actually doing it's never going to be seen like that and some people' it's, it's, uh, uh, associate the open science movement with wretched bullying um, but it's
0: have you, have no, you one's, been?
1: no one's telling you not to no one's telling you not to publish no one's telling you not to be involved in a broader conversation go, well, the tone of this stuff is all really critical I mean, it's the way that people do it and they got persistent targets etc cetera, etc cetera. well they, they honestly legitimately feel like they should be persistent targets and the language that people use occasionally is born of frustration and not the fact that they're sociopaths from the planet arsehole <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I think that's the other other side of the coin is that a lot of this stuff, um, there's a lot of accusations around the open science movement of of, of bullying and uh, yeah, you see a lot of stuff online um, and yeah, you know, it's it's hard.
1: Yeah, well, I think
0: uh, an
1: awful lot of an awful lot of complaints when it comes to like, the formal, do not you leave leave Britney alone, leave her alone or, uh, insert research's name for, for Britney um, a lot of that stuff is a fear of criticism, this is an open market of ideas, um, I see people who are advocates for essentially the same shit, who are within the same social movement, who probably like each other personally, had disagreements all the fucking time the idea that there's one monolithic focus of what everyone needs to think and therefore deviations from that will be punished is definitely fucking untrue when it comes to this. So the idea that there's an orthodoxy that's being enforced and people have been really nasty in the service of that because they want to sort of like signal that they are involved in improving science from the right perspective, that's fucking bullshit. These people argue all the time. Like I said before, it's only ever going to be an uneasy coalition. Mm. Your opinions on this stuff are really, really colored by the area that you work in. And that's something that people persistently manage to forget all the time. If you do wet lab stuff and you end up talking to like someone, you have the same opinions on science as someone who does questionnaire based shit on Turk and that's your experimental interface and you deal with different journals and different people and different expectations and different publication environments and different outcomes you're going to end up having different perspectives on how shit needs to be changed on a structural level so there's no there's no agreement I look at all the areas that don't have fucking preprints for Christ's sake Mm. i love preprints because i like i love preprints because i like reading stuff as soon as possible it excites me more than anything else for something to be contemporary and straightforward and because the vast majority of the time i'm interested only in the things that i can evaluate properly myself if someone says oh i've got a preprint and uh, according to quantum physics everyone is made of corn
0: you can evaluate it's
1: probably bullshit because it's crazy right Mm. but i'm also not capable of evaluating it i'm not capable can you actually follow the nature of those arguments towards the corn proof you can't i can't most people actually can't you've got to leave that shit up to so the, the way that the way that you understand how you see something like that is the thing that needs to change so I, I don't understand a lot of the time people have got really highly focused specialized fields where if someone publishes it, if you there were the hundred people in the world who'd be super interested in it can immediately interface with what's written to tell whether or not it's a pile of shit. Mm. The other thing that, the, the only thing that's going to keep the accuracy and that is the fact that the reputational cost of publishing some horseshit is really fucking high. You can't be an established research and just have some shit idea and chuck it out and see what happens. Even if you're trying to protect an idea and like wall it off, make sure you're the first person who publicly noticed it. If you publicly noticed it with a sack of shit, no one's going to remember you as being the first person who came up with it.
0: Hmm. I, I so, don't think it's really a, a first mover advantage. I, I actually so got look. I
1: don't want to lose. Don't, don't want to lose focus over the top of that stuff. What does, yeah. what does, what does all that mean? It's going to, it's going to change markedly between individual fields. Yeah. So there's a heterogeneity that is going to be necessary when people have arguments about this stuff. That's not that's not an orthodoxy. And arguments that happen within something like that are not fucking it, it, they're, they're, they're not of no consequence. So people who are trying to people who are trying to support something on one side or the other really believe the shit out of what they're talking about and other people really believe that the language that they use is going to be supremely important especially if they're talking about things casually Mm. Ah, so much easier when we
0: didn't have the internet you could be a dick (laughs) in your spare time I I see so many um, that was a joke
1: don't write to me
0: I see so many things on Twitter where people are arguing and basically the the, the thread always ends like we're on the same side we're actually on the same side and uh, oh for sure yeah mm, mm. and uh, I was just thinking back to preprints I actually got my first uh, invitation from an editor who came across a preprint going hey um, I saw your preprint um, from a pretty respectable journal Um, hey I saw your preprint Um, I I think you should submit to us Um, we can't guarantee it'll get in but um, we'll give it a good look in because we think it'll fit um, so, bam, preprints. That's
1: that's fantastic because they have an interest. It's difficult for you to predict. You haven't wasted anybody else's time. Mm. Um, they're interested in further evaluating the stuff that you've done. That's that seems ideal. Yeah, it was. Um, um, it's. I'm sure they're not going to shepherd it through the process. They're just going to chuck it through the door, the same as everything else, and then send it out to the right people. But yeah, you don't have to. That's the lovely thing. It creates a, a marketplace where. Oh, for Christ's sake, shut up! Is that
0: a a steam train? What's
1: outside your door? It's a fucking tram. People are driving the moving vans over the tracks. We picked one of the noisiest days of the year to record this. If I could go outside and flamethrower these people off the streets, I would. Ah! Ugly undergraduates with huge, bulbous (laughs) foreheads walking around trying to figure out where to put IKEA furniture. Jesus, they're like street lights and they're all wearing baseball caps. I need to calm down. This is We're, we're nearly done. I've been holding it together. Yeah, so we're, well. nearly,
0: we're nearly done. But um, but yeah, speaking of preprints, I, I, still, um, I still would have a conversation at least once a week where I'm talking about it and then the person goes, hang on, hold up a bit. Can I just ask you a question? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, what's a preprint? Yep. They,
1: never, never forget the, the uh, people lose track of this all the time. Uh, never forget there's a huge silent majority of people who are interested in science, people who do science, people who are like professionally associated with science who have no fucking idea what any of this stuff is you know, like the, the broad swathe of improvements in the last 10 years that are designed to improve the nature of the information that we collect are still widely unknown to yeah. a, a, a real fat chunk of people um, mm. And the reason people go, "Oh, you always see the same names popping up," is because those people really give a shit. I mean, everyone else is. this the reason we have a status quo in the first place, is because it it means that people have parameters, so they don't have to fucking think anymore. It's it's comforting in the sense that go, oh, "Okay, the, the the boundaries of this have been established. Let's move within it." You know, mm. it's it, it's it's comfortable. The people who are going to go, "No, let's fuck with the interface," you have to really care. Yeah. You know, and it attracts some reasonably extreme people sometimes, you know it attracts fractious, difficult people at which I would occasionally include myself and if you think, "Oh you seem a little you seem a little bit of a rascal, but you're quite nice, you haven't worked with me." I get very uh focused focused. <laughs>
0: Now things are really getting off, off the tracks. Um, well, I think we'll. What um, well, what do you
1: expect, man? We're going to do this. Is we're having, having some fun with this one. We're we going to do this
0: every single
1: day. Yeah. We, 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 we do might it do it all it the ag-
0: time. Might do it again in the future. Um, but um, yeah, if you if, if you've been listening throughout the episode, we uh, thank you and for, for, for sending in your tweets and your and your corrections as well. Um, it's been fifty. Did you think we'd, we'd ever make it, James? I, I, I thought. We'll have 10, and you know, it'll just uh fall off from I'm there. I'm not
1: quite sure, I'm not quite sure what the generative force was that kept us so regular for such a long time.
0: We, we've, we've been, um, I, we're going
1: weekly for
0: for, for for a little bit there.
1: Part of it was, uh, I was, I think when we started, I was sort of either between jobs or waiting for paperwork to get processed it took months right. longer than yeah. it should so i could start working and uh, i had time and obviously you live in a country with sane labor laws so you have <laughs> time by definition um i think it was more the the fact that uh this is kind this has largely replaced our normal shit talking yeah been, nah. it it's become a broader broader conversation which makes it a little bit awkward it's like i'll talk to you about that on friday (laughs) okay human interaction i i too do human normal interactions as yeah you fucking don't um i didn't i didn't ever really think we'd make it this long because i didn't i didn't think about it at all not from that perspective no no i'm sorry does it have any longevity it was like well you have to try it this is the same about this. it's on. Yeah, it's on video. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if people don't have to. I mean, it's the middle of the fucking day. If you if someone else was doing this and they went, hey James, you should listen in. You go 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 work, motherfucker. I might be able to put it on, but sometimes I got to concentrate. I can't even stand people talking in the office around me when I'm trying to concentrate. You know, mm. I'd, I'd sit in a broom closet and, and gaffer tape the laptop to the fucking roof. So I had <laughs> enough room to be able to work in, in peace and quiet. And go, oh yeah, everyone stop working and listen to our bullshit. So it's, yeah, it's swings and roundabouts. But that's the whole point of something like this. You've got to fucking try it.
0: Give it a go. got
1: You've got you've to run it out, man. And... Roof. If there's anything that it proves, it's the fact that we do not do any editing. <laughs>
0: no, yes. And, and this, doing it by video is absolute proof that we do next to no editing whatsoever. And when it comes yep. to the actual um, podcast episode, which you're probably listening to right now, um, we have literally just going to post the audio from this video. Maybe a bit of, uh, bit of editing and, and polishing up, but the actual content is going to be, uh, can be exactly the same there's very few things that we've, that we've edited out
1: yeah how many times has someone asked you what software you use for editing or how much of it do, does it get cut
0: um, I, I get a lot of questions I have a few questions about software I've, but I've
1: been asked that at least a dozen times really yeah like what do you do and if that's the stuff you're letting through what are you cutting out almost nothing yeah
0: yeah Yeah. hardly anything at all but doesn't um, this, you know, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't that. necessarily I'm be
1: proud of that. It. it doesn't necessarily make
0: it better. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I have been doing a new software. Uh, Hindenburg um, is is what I'm using now to do to do editing. It's um, that does yeah. not
1: sound safe. What does that do?
0: Yeah, and they, they even like the, the first thing on the website is this is why we called our company after the, one of the world's most famous disasters.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, when I'm done with my tour on. Uh, uh, Titanic Airlines, uh, and I, I, I get back to Boston <laughs> on my fucking Malaysian flight. Um, yeah, I'd be very happy to look up the Hindenburg software. What the shit? Look, they're okay. doing some good stuff. What um, does it do, though? Seriously, with its uh, terrible name,
0: uh, it is. It's mainly for, for broadcast. So for um, the one of the big reasons they got together from 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 reading their bio on the website because that's what I do because i'm a nerd like that is that um they they put their stuff together in order to actually have uh, affordable software for the third world to to do radio production um to do to to just basically to produce audio for both both for podcast and and for radio but uh, by the same token it's actually quite a lightweight and relatively affordable um way of doing um basic editing um because i was using itunes and sorry GarageBand in the past but it just wasn't cutting it, and um, and Hindenburg is a good com- is is a good compromise. From... Did you
1: switch to Audacity at some point?
0: No, I'm still using uh, QuickTime for. Actually. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, 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 I... at some point in time, I, I think it's a, I just found you less annoying over time, and it, it's not the <laughs> quality of your voice necessarily changed, but I know in the first few recordings that we did, um, you sounded. I remember reflecting on how squeaky and irritating and inappropriate <laughs> I found you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That'll that that'll happen, but we're um you know we've we, we've I think we've reached the end of, of our special 50th episode. So thanks thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on the audio podcast, um, if you are, remember to. If you're continue watching this to, on to rate YouTube,
1: us. you are a maniac because it's just a video of two big swollen white boy heads. Yes, talking uh, all, all shit.
0: And if you're curious as to how it actually works and what it actually looks like. The whole thing looks like you can um you can look at the um the link that we're going to put up for the video as well. But uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in to Hertz Fifty and uh, James. Here's to another fifty episodes.
1: Oh, that's what I call a decent, solid pre-registration.
0: Pre-registration. We're going to do another 50, it's going to happen, and uh, we'll do something. Uh,
1: yeah, we've got some vague plans for the next little while we can tell people. Uh, more, more guests from probably people that you're less likely to have heard of. People who I think are cool, uh, people who Dan thinks are cool, as much as he can have thoughts. Um, from from a variety of them, we're gonna we're gonna experiment in the next little while with going a little bit outside the methodological science bubble, mm. a little bit away from publishing. Not we're not gonna do a general science podcast by any stretch of the imagination. It's still going to be what you expect so far, but we are gonna fuck with it a bit in a while, yeah. and hopefully in a fun way. So you know, gird your lines. Uh, practice your scales and uh, make sure you clean your clarinet I'm just choosing things at random at this point I gotta go
0: using words thanks for listening everyone Uh, we will be uh, back very soon with uh, episode 51 of Everything Hurts bye everyone
1: see ya